have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Got Till Five <laughs> Wrestling Podcast. My name is Max Curden and my lovely co-host is the Jesse Patrick Benz. Am I the Jesse Patrick Benz now? That's like, good. I know. I feel like you you earned that moniker. How are you, my dear friend? I'm good. Um, before we get to Eddie Business, can we um, please talk about how I absolutely raped you on Crash Team Racing last night? No, because that's not what happened. I completely... On the, I destroyed you. Okay, you... so context, everyone. Jesse has been playing Crash Team Racing since he came out of the womb. He's It's his like <laughs> favourite game. He always plays it. He's that guy that you go around to his house and he's like, do you guys want to play a game? You know, just for a bit of fun, a bit of money. You know, oh, oh, what's this? Crash Team Racing? <laughs> oh, go on then. <laughs> like hustling. Yeah. And then you've just, you just played it so much and you're so good at it. And it's like a game I've dabbled. I've never owned it. And I dabbled at it around your house and then I picked up a copy. I haven't been playing it religiously. And last night we did a couple of games and every single game I came second, barring a couple. But I got yeah. dipped over. And who came first? It doesn't matter where everyone else comes as long as I come first. Because you play it nonsense. You were jumping into like <laughs> secret air. If you raced a couple of those races fairly with no cheat areas, I would have beaten you. No, they're not cheat areas. It's just knowing your surroundings. It's being a good kart racer, mate. No, I can beat people on SSX Tricky without taking any cheats because I'm that good at the game. No, it's not cheats. Stop calling sorry, them sorry, cheats. Sorry. They're not I cheats. I can beat anyone on SSX Tricky without taking any shortcuts. Yeah, but not. I bet you couldn't beat me. I have many times. Yeah, I know. You're quite <laughs> good at that game. But it's, I, I, honestly, I don't. I, I, you cannot use that as an excuse. Just because I play the game better than you... That's what taking shortcuts is. That's why they're there. I'm not going to win this argument, so rather than Jesse for raping me at Crash Team Racing. This this isn't the Game Till 5 podcast, by the way. This is the Got Till 5 podcast. Yeah, this is, but I like games and all. You do like games and all. Uh, So well done. I'm never going to play that game with you again. Oh, yes, you are, and it'll be lovely. Um, uh, what else have I done? How else am I? Um, my warehouse person at work is off. I've talked about this, I think, and so it means that I'm sweating my tits off at the warehouse because I manage quite a little company. So when one person's off, you've got to, like, just do everything. So that's Doing some work for I'm once. Doing. Yeah, exactly. I just want to talk to you on Facebook. You still but... manage to talk to me a fair amount. That's <laughs> because I've got my phone in my pocket. I've been listening to um, Joe Rogan podcasts quite a lot, and it, I just have it playing in my pocket as I'm running around the warehouse doing stuff, which is pretty good. I'm just picturing um, all of these people... like forklifts careening into each other because you're not paying attention and you know, <laughs> stock falling over because you're just like, hey, Max, look at this meme. People have people have come down to the warehouse. They go, "Who the fuck's down here?" We can hear like some American guy just shouting, and it's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's my pocket. Don't worry about him." <laughs> it's my friend in my pocket. <laughs> I was listening to Joe Rogan interview Jake the State Roberts the other day. That was oh, God. Um, yeah, it was as um, it was as dark as you could imagine. I was going to say like I don't need to know the context. I just have to hear interview with Jake the Snake Roberts, and I know it's not going to be a happy fun go time. Yeah, exactly. It took about forty five seconds before we were talking about his child molester father, I think, and it all went <laughs> it all went downhill from there. That's his official job description on the birth certificate. <laughs> he was like seven foot tall as well, Jake the Snake's dad. Was he? Um, yeah, and um, yeah, raped. Uh, well, we all know Jake the Snake's this uh, magical rape baby. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's a, it's a fun listen if anyone doesn't know the Jake the Snake story. There's many, oh, okay. many things out there. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, beyond the bat. Can we, one day, uh, not now, because there's no prep, obviously, but can we, you know how we um, reviewed Survivor Series 2003 for one episode together? Yes. Can we do that with Beyond the Mat? Yes, I'd like to do a kind of live watch-along that yeah. maybe on the YouTube channel, so we'll just uh, do commentary over the top of it. Yeah, let's do it with Beyond the Mat, because it's one of the greatest films ever made. I would 100% agree. That's, that's <laughs> to look forward to in the future. There we go. Sorted. Book it. Book it on the fly. Episode 60, Max. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations to you as well. I, um, I, I don't know how far we're taking this. Uh, what do you mean? What, this, just... this podcast, like, how, when, when do we stop? Does it ever stop? Oh, I see. Yeah, well, there's no game plan, is there? We just keep going until, like, literally no one's listening, I suppose. But even then, we're listening to each other, and it's an excuse to talk. That's so let's just, let's just go on forever. And I thought we were good, but, like, good Jesus, that episode we did last time on the top five entrance musics didn't promote it at all and it's done like one of our best episodes ever really yeah everyone fucking loved it see you hide all this information from me and i just talk in this room on my own and then i've no idea what's going on out there in the real world Mm -hmm. yeah i I wasn't a fan of that episode i thought the mixing was terrible on it but everyone loved it well there you go well no one's gonna like this one because it's niche as fuck (laughs) niche as fuck indeed my friend and the reason it's niche as fuck, so I'm just turning off the fang, so I just realised it was on in the background. So sorry for any whirring at the beginning. It's oh, warm fair. as balls in England. Yeah, I thought you just had a um, like overactive computer or something. No, no, I'm uh, I'm sweaty on the back of the knees. Oh, Jesus. Have you ever been sweaty on the back of the knees? Uh, no, but Bobby told me yesterday she had sweaty shins, which she's never had before. That's not right. <laughs> so, no, I've... I, there's something going on there. Um, <laughs> my warehouse is full of horseflies, which is supposed to be a byproduct of the heat. True, true. I don't know how they got in. There's no horses in there. That's not how it works. Anyway, so <laughs> this episode is niche as fuck because we're trying to come up with an idea because we have some guests coming up in a little bit. Oh, yeah. We forgot about that. We got some oh, guests patiently well, we waiting. Him, we interviewed him last week. Let's not try and trick the people. We interviewed him last week and yeah, now cool. we're going to drop it in to this episode. So I can't remember what happened yesterday. So this no. should be entertaining. Yeah. Oh, and I really enjoyed the interview. It was, um, we, we've had some, not, what's the right word? Not boring. Boring. We've had some boring <laughs> interviews and this, this was a nice change of pace to have a little bit of energy and some jokes and just dicking about with people. Cause that's really what we want from our guests. We don't really care about your careers and stuff. They were great. The um, the um, signal, not signal, fucking granddad. Uh, what what is it? Like um, internet connection was um, shit, which is a shame for this interview because um, uh, they are they do see like proper good laughs and really cool people. So we should definitely do a re-interview with them at some point after they've participated in the UK Tag Tournament. We'll be briefly talking about in a minute. Exactly. Hopefully I edit it well and you can't notice, but if I don't edit it well, pretty much whenever Jesse makes a joke, the connection drops out, and it's probably my favourite thing that's ever happened, because there's just no <laughs> laughter at all. So are you just are you going to edit it like with a really bad drop-in of you just going, ha ha ha, every time I make a joke? <laughs> I might just put crickets in, or like, tumbleweed sound or something. That'd be good. You have so much power as an editor. Oh, it's glorious, isn't it? So we're interviewing the international superstars for, actually, they're four very talented people, but we only got to speak to three of them. Um, and I feel like a fourth would have just thrown off the dynamic. So, and he was from England and you know what English people sound like. So uh, we've got three delightful people. They're coming over to London for the OWE Tag Team Tournament. So let's see what me and Jesse had to say to these wonderful people. We have the international superstars joining us. Three out of four of them 
because one of them thinks that the gym is more important than the Got Till Five podcast. <laughs> but we're not going to go into that. We're going to let that go. So we've got Blanco Loco, the Dream Girl Ali, and Zach Cooper. Sup? Yes. Yes. You sound enthusiastic, which is great because um, we've had some great guests recently, but they've all been a bit mellow. So it's nice to have a bit of energy. <laughs> so I feel like we should get because there's going to be a lot of voices going back and forth. Everyone knows mine and Jesse's voice, but I feel like we need to get to know your guys' voice a little bit better. So I came up with a little plan. I'm going to fire off just three questions to each of you, and then answer as quick as you can. <clears throat> And then we'll get a we'll get an idea for your voice. Sound good? We're great. Okay. Now, Blanco, I've been speaking to you most, so I'm gonna start with you first. So, first, favorite movie? Who framed Red Rabbit? Excellent choice. Favorite video Tremendous. game? <laughs> favorite video game? Kingdom Hearts. Oh, this is going or wow. Final Fantasy. You're like a sister podcast, Game Talk. Cheap plug. And favorite chocolate bar? Favorite chocolate bar. No. Oh, Whatever that's hard. Reese's. Reese's, definitely. Okay, okay. I think we have a strong contender for the winner, even though this is not judged in any way. Ellie. Everything's a competition. It's the same question, so basically, Zach has got the easiest job of this, so... Yeah. Ellie, favourite movie? Uh, Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse. You gotta say what <laughs> Favourite video game? Oh, this is really... Oh, no. I don't if play you, video games. Okay, that's fine. Favourite... Band musician slash musician. Twenty one pilots. Excellent. And favorite chocolate bar. Uh, a crunch bar. What's a crunch <laughs> bar? Do we do we don't have them over here. I don't think we have them, but I presume it's got a crunchy texture to it. <laughs> what's They're in a, what's in a crunch bar? Oh, question. It's like, um, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's rice krispie um, treats coated in chocolate. Yeah. Pre- pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Right then. Zach. What's up? I feel like I just want Zach to yell what's up for like the whole whole podcast just in the background. <laughs> you could just start it that way, end it that way, throw it in the middle a couple times. I love it. All right, favorite movie? Step Brothers. Nice. Favorite video game? Any Madden game ever. Any Madden game. But if you had to, like, gun to your head, what's the best one? Oh, uh, Madden 2007. Interesting. Favorite chocolate bar? <laughs> the Double Decker. Yes. Nice. Did you say that because it's an English thing? Yeah, and it's the best <laughs> candy. No, no, but listen to me. You don't understand. It is the best candy bar of all time. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Listen, there's a place in Epcot that actually sells, uh, like you mean the double decker or the real Cadbury that you guys have. It's oh, oh. <laughs> listen, I bet they like you. Okay, they like exploitive for stupid money. No, no, it's it. It doesn't matter. And of course, your Kit Kats are a lot bigger too. Well, thanks for that. That's what she said. <laughs> I whispered that, but okay. Oh, right in there. Okay, I feel like I know you guys a little bit better, and I feel a strong connection. Jesse, do you feel the same connection? I feel the opposite. I feel like they're even stranger than they were before. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll, we'll roll with that. Right, should we, should we do what we're here to do? Should we talk about some wrestling? All right, All right. There. Get focused, guys. We hit still quite wrestling, but I am still curious as to why 2007 Madden is better than all the others. It's got Sean Alexander on the cover, and Sean Alexander is one of the best running backs of all time, man. Okay, I needed that clarification, otherwise I wouldn't be able to focus throughout the whole interview. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm presuming, do you all like live together in some kind of hippie commune deal going on? That's amazing. <laughs> 
well, I mean, <laughs> me, me, Joey, uh, Blanco, Joey, and Ellie do. Zach is 30 minutes away in Tampa, so it's what? almost like he lives uh, here. Why don't you like living uh, with him, he doesn't like it. No, it's not that. It's I actually just just quit the job to pursue wrestling full time, and so I moved where I was originally living. Okay, okay. They didn't like that answer. <laughs> no, we did. That was just a slight delay. Loving the answer. Congratulations. Okay. On the full time. <laughs> How dare you move half an hour away? How dare you? Yeah, he doesn't like us. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's still love there. But uh, are you all doing it the full time thing now? Yep, that's awesome. I imagine you sort of live like you're basically living a wrestling sitcom, right? Sure, I mean you can, you can call it a wrestling sitcom. It's more like you ever seen The Office, the the US version? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like that. I'm Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to ask who is who. I'm Dwight. No, you know you're not. I'm definitely Dwight. No, you're not. You, Dwight's smart. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, how much do you know about beats? Yeah, a lot. Do you have a beat farm? Uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> he knows about beats, but you know. <laughs> beat farm would be an awesome name for a finisher, by the way. All right, we're gonna Don't you know give what? him ideas. Just because of that, now me and Zach are gonna come up with a tag team finisher up called the Beat Farm. Ew, nice. that's not how. <laughs> I love it. And we're gonna yell at before. Listen, when you guys come to the show, we're gonna yell it just for you. Oh. Ah, well. Thanks, guys. You've just sold two tickets. Yeah, wait, you weren't gonna come before? Now we just gotta sell some merch. <laughs> hey. Oh, nope, we're not answering that. We're busy. What you could do? Is it someone interesting? I have no idea. Let's see. Yeah, let's see, yeah. Where Hello? The phone? If it's one of those crank calls, let me have Hello? And they can Telemarketer. Be... It probably is. I've been. Hello? It's nobody. They hung up. Oh, they oh, don't like no. it. Rude. Really Why would you call them and hang up? They don't, they don't want to know what it's like when my entire body's covered in smallpox. Oh, wait. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did you, ever mess with those, did you ever mess with those people? I'm sorry don't that say, we're not talking about this. Listen, don't say that because Custom's going to hear this podcast and be like, oh, we're not letting that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, dangerous. I'll, oh, bring it, I'll bring it back. So, so how did you all meet and go, yeah, we can make this work together? Because like, I struggle to find, I struggle with Jesse. So to find three other people that you actually like is difficult. We don't like each other. Ah, that, like, like, like is a very strong word. Yeah, we don't like each other over here. Tolerate. Tolerate. Um, so how did you meet accept. and to tolerate each other? Uh, well, me and Joey met Fairly first. <laughs> me and Joey met first about two years ago. Well, I met, okay, so I met Zach back when he was like 15 years old, you know, coaching division. Division one football. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, but Joey ended up coming over here on holidays, you guys call it. And um, I mean, me and him just kind of like started hanging out. He hated me when we first met. Absolutely despised me. That's a normal reaction to you, though. It really is. It, it, you, we, everybody yeah, hates you. It is. They, I love everybody. everybody. Uh, hey, you used to hate me, too. You thought I was a cocky prick. What, what's, what's wrong with that? Wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, so me and Joey started traveling. We had, like, um, a blood feud going on at various promotions. And then uh, we went over to WXW. That's ran by Off of the Wild Samoan. Mm-hmm. And he ended up putting me and Joey as a tag team. And it just kind of took off from there, you know, having a, you know, a luchador and, you know, you know, a brawling Brit as a tag team is kind of, you know, not something that you see every day. So promotions kind of jumped on board and we started getting bookings everywhere. And then I showed up. Dream Girl just kind of showed up out of nowhere. I really did. She legitimately just showed up out of nowhere. I was like, can I ride with you guys? We're like, sure. And then she just kind of. They could not get rid of me after that. I They're stuck with me now for life. Yeah. Nice. They've tried. It's a good career. It's a good career move. Just force yourself on people. That's a good way to. Dude, it's, it's working. It's working. Yeah. 
<laughs> Poor Zach had to petition his way into the group. Yeah, I, I was joking about, joked about it for months and months and months. And from what I the story that I've heard is that Ellie and Joey were all about it, and I had to. And Blanco was the one that was just keeping me out of this thing. And then I started just doing some flips, and then the next thing you know, I got added to the group. Literally randomly, just in a message. Yeah. Hey, Zach's in the group now. Yeah. So, so you guys would just take anyone. No, 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 no. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah, Ali just showed up, and then Zach just showed up. The hair. Joey has great hair. Joey has. Zach has nice hair. Look, Joey look, has look at the, hair. Look at the bumps in his hair. hair. Look at the bumps in his hair. That's weird. That's fantastic. This is weird. Mm. You look lovely. like Walter. You do. Walter's yeah, yeah. my father. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've seen a picture of Zach lately. But we need a DNA test. Over, over here, he's mini Walter. Well, uh, literally, uh, in my notes, Zach, Canadian Walter one. <laughs> yes. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes. He's actually my dad. We just—I've been waiting 21 years to confirm it, but it's. We're it, still waiting. We need that DNA test. We see him. Just let him know. I've tweeted him for some reason. Dad won't respond. How are your chops? Oh uh, well. Deadly. <laughs> I put people down usually with about one. So. Definitely your dad. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try and find him. We'll arrange a meeting when you come to London. It'll be a moment. Oh, he'd cry. I would, he cry. would really cry. I would cry. Okay. That's going to happen now because I need to see this. Lovely. So, do you find it's. Because obviously, it's rare to see factions. Like, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but over here in the UK, like, I can barely think of one or two, like, proper, fully f- fledged factions on the Indies. So, is that more of a common thing in America? And how do you find that from a booking perspective? Um. It's it's rare to find a good faction in the UK, uh, in the United States, um, I guess, because like I mean there are there are a bunch of factions, but it's more mostly just kind of like a bunch of people thrown together, There's no sense, and they don't you know work a lot of the shows together. Um, Zach, Zach, you know we because the thing is we booked a lot of our shows for this year out last year, like the middle of last year, so we have a lot of shows together. But I mean the booking aspect, I mean it's usually the three three of us. Or Zach by himself, or you know, very rarely is it the four of us. But I mean, re- recently it's been you know a lot more of the four of us. To be fair, yeah, because you've kind of, I love your promo pick of all of you kind of together. You're you're on point with the outfits. And by the way, Zach, where do you find a giant Canadian flag jacket? Oh, uh, I had somebody make it for me, and uh, that was that was that's that's the extent of that. I wasn't... met him, and the guy goes, "I want to make this for you," and I said. Okay, and there we go. So it's not like when you leave Canada, they give you it to, to wear proudly to represent. <laughs> you're going away gift. No, it's not. Like, yeah, like Ali said, it's not a going away gift. But I mean, I would totally take one at the border if they gave me one. I think they should start, you know, bringing that in. So, so how long has it been since you moved down to to Tampa? Uh, Thursday. Uh, <laughs> I literally announced on Facebook Live that I quit my job and and was driving home with a desk, chair, and a bunch of other furniture in the back of my car. Was it nice? Uh, I was uh, teaching and coaching. That's pretty decent. It's not like you're your typical in a call center, I'm done with this shit, and then walk out the door, middle finger. No, it was it was it was very emotional. Actually, I got really upset because I've been with those kids for like three three years now. Yeah, definitely. And and we've built a really good team and took him to playoffs several times it's you know it was a it was hard but this is definitely where i should be excellent yeah you gotta follow what kind of works for you no. do you guys do you guys know um eddie dennis a wrestler on the uk scene yes we know eddie. yeah so so he was a um, he was a primary school head teacher before he went full-time 
That's right. He was a headmaster, right? Yeah, that's right. Which is uh, yeah. So not not a dissimilar path that you've taken in a weird way. Now, who haven't we picked on? We haven't picked on Ellie much. Oh God, oh, Blanco right. already does that. <laughs> we'll be nice. We'll be we're nice. not even joking. <laughs> what kind of stuff does he do? Is it kind of like pranks in the house? Well, between shirt, sh- I mean, I shoot her with a Nerf gun. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Uh, Dude, they legit hurt as well. Yeah. They, they do not. Come on. At point, at point blank range. Yeah, I took his Nintendo Switch a couple days ago so he wouldn't shoot me. Because I said, if you shoot me, I'm dropping it on the ground. And then he put the gun down. <laughs> so who's really getting picked on now? Come on now, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't true. live here. <laughs> Listen, that... Yeah, Zach's like, thank God I don't live here. That was a fence right there. We killed him. Well, Jesse, you went to a... Um, uh, what was it? A stag do. And they had, like, a nerf gun wall. Oh, what? A stag... Oh, like, um... I don't know. Um, Do you guys have a different name for it? Yeah, bachelor party. Before um, before someone gets oh, married, okay. you go before out you and get drunk. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of like stag party, but it sounds, yeah. it sounds dirtier. Uh, of course. <laughs> it, it is. You see what I deal with? You see what we all deal with? <laughs> I thought I was the PG-13 one. So on this stag do, um, they basically just let us loose in a warehouse with Nerf guns and we shot the shit out of each other. And um, oh. we were we were lucky to leave with our eyes. I, that's fantastic. I, we should do that. It was awesome. Paintball type style. I'll definitely do paintball. So would I. We get new gear. True. What if we wore white gear? Hang on. Are you going paintballing in your old gear or your new gear? No, so I was thinking if we get like white gear made and then just paintball and then gear. it would be like custom made. <laughs> you know what? That's a genius yeah. idea. Thank you. Everyone's got one. The looks right That's now. the first time everyone's got one. <laughs> hey, you know what? You haven't had any yet, Mr. Let me hit my head a million times. So, I feel like, obviously, we need to talk about your imminent coming to the UK. I'm ready. Jesse's ready. I've spoken to the rest of England. They're ready as well. So, how did this whole OWE opportunity come about? And... What can people expect, really? Do you want the basic indie darling story, or do you want the actual story? Uh, which one's more romantic and full of lies? <laughs> oh, 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 oh I, I don't know. Which one do you think? We'll give, them, we'll, we'll give them the real story. All right, so pretty much um, OWE decided they were going to have a tournament, and we honestly knew nothing about it at all. Um, and I guess uh, the Gymnasty Boys had already been uh, picked for it. So Joey Osborne, our other compatriot, um, got a message from, uh, white Mike saying that, Hey, you guys should definitely, uh, definitely, you know, try to get on this and, uh, see what happens. You know, they would be interested in you. Joey never told us about it. (laughs) 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 So I get a message from white Mike. He's like, so, uh, you guys, uh, you guys hit up OWE yet? I'm like, who? He's like, for the tag tournament. No idea what you're talking about. God damn, Joey. National Superstar's over. And then we awesome. saw Ellie jump up and down like a uh, teenage girl that just got her first uh, car. It's Sweet 16. What? Nice. Bro, I sound like a monster in a little bit. Yeah. And is this going to be, so, your first visit to England, like wrestling overseas, or have you done it before? Mine, it'll be mine and Ellie's first one. Zach actually just debuted over there last month. Last month. Nice. Who was that with? Uh, June 8th, I debuted over. Oh. Obviously, Joey's made his made, made Joey's wrestled there once or twice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, Joey was actually trained by the by the Knight family over there. So he has, you know, 
quite a quite a following already. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. Awesome. He'll be a hell of a return for him then. Oh yeah, he can't wait. He's excited. Yeah, that. Now, obviously, there's the AEW OWE link that's going on. Are you excited by the prospect of a couple of AEW appearances? I am. I really am. I mean, the fa- the fact that the Strong Hearts are already in the tournament, I mean, says says you know says a lot about you know the tournament itself because I mean. A lot of people, you know, when when they first thought of OWE, you know, they thought about the OWE China and, you know, that it was just, you know, it was just going to end up being a tournament with a bunch of OWE guys. They had no idea that there were going to be so many teams in this that, you know, are, you know, obviously not really not not signed by AEW or or by OWE, you know. So, I mean, I, I just hope to be able to, you know, have a chance to prove ourselves versus, you know, some of the AEW talent because I think we could definitely go you know, and show them that we're no joke. Yeah, for sure. So let's paint a picture here. Let, let, let's go on a little journey together. Say you're standing in the ring. Mystery opponents. You can face any tag team in the world. Who would you want to see walk through that curtain? Let's, hold on, hold on. Is it, is it current tag teams or is it any tag team ever? Um, let's do all Let's do what, you know. Do it could be, it could be any tag team ever, but if they're dead, they'll be zombies. Yep. <laughs> Isaac, what do you you got? I'm about to surprise everybody with mine. I would love, love to stand in the ring and see Walter and Thatcher as Ringkampf, not Imperium, Ringkampf come down through the curtain and and give us a fight. And then you just go, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) They hug him. Tell me that wouldn't be one of the greatest stories. I don't need I don't need a partner. I need my father. And then (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd have to say I mean, if it has to be a legit, does that be a legitimate tag team or just two people? No, good. I'll, I'll take, I'll take whatever. All right, I would love, love, and I would, I'd probably cry if it happened. I would love to see Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay. Ooh, ah, interesting. Flipping all over the place. Exactly, Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. I'm not in tag team. That doesn't count. We okay. tag sometimes. All right. What if? Uh, who would you want to see come through the curtain for you to face one on one? Ever? Just anyone? One-on-one. One-on-one, Ellie. One-on-one? God. Uh, this is blowing pressure. It is. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy ride on this podcast, Ellie. Can I say AJ? AJ Lee? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, can say, you can say whatever you want to. Yeah. So, in terms of wrestling in general, I always like to know a favorite moment or story or an embarrassing moment. Now, Ellie, you oh, seem to respond great under pressure for questioning. No. You have to tell it. You have to tell them the embarrassing moment. Tell the story. My embarrassing yes, story? Yes. You all we'll tell them. New have Orleans. Fun. New Orleans. Tell them the New Orleans one. At the hotel? Yes. Do it. No. The bathroom. Do okay. it. Oh, you so, because now it sounds really bad. So, um, we had just gotten back from a show in New Orleans, and we got to the hotel, and it was, like, late, so I was like, all right, I'm going to go shower. You guys just leave me alone. I didn't want to deal with people. And I went and showered. And I tried opening the door, and the door handle broke. And I take, like, really hot showers, so it was, like, really hot in there. And then I started panicking, and I almost cried, because I got locked in the bathroom for, like, 30 minutes. And they were laughing, and they all thought it was funny, and they didn't help me. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Has anyone got any any follow-up embarrassing stories? Everyone knows that story. Fans listen to this, and they come to the show with signs that says, no more locked doors. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what that means, but... Yeah, anyone that goes to the show, you, you have some. I need you to bring either shower caps, rubber duckies, just something shower-related. 
and then do not do that to me. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. Ellie Duck, no, Ellie Duck, yes, that is fantastic. You know what, guys? Ellie Duck, do not make this a thing. The amount of merch ideas you're getting from this show is just unreal. So, we'll we'll split three percent. Three percent. We're Americans, yes. He's a, he, they were okay with it. Yeah, see, they said fine. See, they're not greedy. What's good? Tea? No, they give us tea. With as much tea as I drink. Oh, I, I know. You know it's different tea, right? I bet you it's better. It's, it's yeah, it's something. Okay. What, what, kind, what kind of tea are we talking? Because this, this is one thing that confused me when I was in Canada. I would ask for a cup of tea, and I would just get this look, this blank look, and I'd be like, can I have some tea? And they'd be like, what kind of tea? Tea. Yes, but oh, because they tea? have hot tea and cold tea. Oh, they but have hot tea, know, cold but they, tea. They went through all of this stuff, like morning tea, orange pico, and like apparently orange pico is like the one I needed. But the stress, Zach, the stress. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I was over there, it was really easy, just because I've always wanted to go over there, so like everything was easy there. But everything here, yeah, if you what is up there, they got raspberry tea. That's fantastic. I love raspberry tea. Yeah, but you really want hot you raspberry like tea? Green? Yes. No. I love green tea and I love black tea. I don't like green tea. I don't want to actually see that. <laughs> okay. What do you got for an embarrassing story, Zach? Honestly, All of them. to tell you the truth, <gasps> go ahead. No, because, no, no, no. What were you going for? I was going to say something about one of my first matches ever, but what do you have? I was going to tell you about SmackDown story. My SmackDown story? Yeah. With, buddy, with, Dis- uh, with that, the disrespect one. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I, uh, so. Myself, Blanco, and Ellie were selected for extra work for Raw and SmackDown back in January in Memphis and Alabama. And long story short, it was during SmackDown before show tryout match. Myself and Blanco Loco uh, were pitted against one another. And long story short is I give Blanco a pop-up powerbomb, rolled him through to his knees, and chopped him as hard as I could. And as I was going from the pin, you hear from the third row, uh, current superstar Tony Nese, his exact words were, bro, disrespect. (laughs) (laughs) And so everyone, including like the people that ran the thing, went up to Blanco and were like, yo, what's wrong with this guy? And he was like, no, 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 it's okay. It's, It's okay. And so they all, basically the embarrassing part of it is everybody in WWE for a good two minutes thought I was a dick. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> that is yeah Tony Nissan was kicked your ass <laughs> he yeah that would be uh, that's cute but he would have tried <laughs> so how did you recover from that uh well when I had so inside <laughs> backstage afterwards uh, or near catering and we're like bro you're awesome you're like you know who you remind me of and I was like oh who and then we all now we know Walter so <laughs> It was cool. So some people thought that, you know, I was like a Walter Jr. Some people thought I was a dick. Nice. Uh, you know, that, that's a good average to have. Dick to Walter. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily put it in order, but yeah. <laughs> All right, Blanca, what, what do you got for me? Oh, God. Oh, I have some. You have some? I have, I have video proof. Of yeah, but I want something from the older one. days. I need older days, Blanco. Um, Wait, you want, are we talking about the hotel in New Orleans? Nope, I'm talking about the video what? that New Orleans, you had to see Yeah, I wasn't there, and I'm kind of regretting oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. What's your <laughs> Okay, so... Okay, so... We're talking about, we're talking about the squirrel splash? We're talking about okay, we're talking about the squirrel splash. So there was a time 
before Blanco Loco knew what a gym was. Oh, God. Where I looked like a cracked out... Uh, squirrel? Squirrel, yeah. Um, I was probably 105 pounds soaking wet. Um, there's a video. We'll, we'll have Ellie message you the video afterwards and you'll be able to see it. It's, it's hilarious. And uh, Blanco didn't know how to fly very well. So I went to go do a splash and I made this sound when I was going to splash that sounded like a... A, a squirrel just getting murdered. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah. Um, yeah, Ellie, I'm gonna need I that video because I, I need to to hear what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. The die is the, be- the best die. I'm, just, in the I'm, world just, wait, I'm just waiting for him to see it. He's gonna see it and be like, "What the hell?" Um, I'm, I'll send it to Jesse as well afterwards. I'm I'm excited. I love that. So. I like that I asked for your favorite moments or your most embarrassing, and you were all like, yep, fuck it, we're just going to go embarrassing. So Wait, we could, I thought it was just embarrassing. Commendable. Well done. Right. I feel like we're we're getting to the end of this this lovely bonding session, which upsets me. <laughs> Great work. But, Jesse, do you have any closing questions before we, before we harass this lot with the top five? I'm scared to talk because otherwise everything just shuts down and uh, the world closes in around me and everything goes black. <laughs> what, what's your favourite joke? We'll see if, if, if it is cursed and we'll see if it cuts out. Uh, what's E.T. short for? <laughs> what? Because he's got little legs. <laughs> hey, you got a laugh. <laughs> hey, hey, mate, there we go. It was delayed, but you got one. <laughs> That's that's a thinker. To be fair, it's a thinker. It's a, it's, it's a stinker. I mean, a thinker. <laughs> there we go. Oh my god! Unbelievable. Guys. The blind is real. Oh my god. <laughs> that's way that too was, long. I'm really, not proud. That of was that. really really bad. <laughs> that was delayed. It's working. So yeah, just just blame the podcast. Just say that we've got a delayed connection. It's nothing to do with you. It's because you're trying to time travel. That's why. Hey, exactly. There you, go. there you go. I'm not proud of that one. Oh god, that was awful. You can redeem yourself if you want. Can I though? Can you? Got a good joke? You have a good, good joke? joke? No, I'm good jokes. Oh. Not funny. Oh. So much favorite moment then? What's your favorite moment? Oh, oh yeah, your favorite wrestling moment. Go. You were the first ever Revolt Women's Championship. That's true. That's um, awesome. <sighs> beating up. Uh, going for tagging with you. I guess. Not because of you. Don't worry about that. Because intergender wrestling is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Beat up Phil with Savannah. Beat up Phil with uh, you once and then with Savannah Evans once. I'd say, honestly, that was probably the coolest moment that I, like, one of my favorite, honestly, one of my favorite moments doesn't have anything to do with me. Um, It was a one-on-one match between Savannah Evans and Ellie at Palmetto Championship Wrestling in Columbia, South Carolina. And Filth decided to stick their nose in where it didn't belong. And the announcement was that it was now an intergender tag team match. And to hear probably 600 people go absolutely apeshit was, was extraordinary. I watched that video back a couple of days ago and I was crying. Just because, like, South Carolina, you wouldn't think they'd be into the whole intergender thing. And it was just, it was amazing. Like, it was an amazing feeling for, you know, for women's wrestling in general. Especially for her. Ah, oh, that's, oh, that's awesome! That's a sweet, sweet moment. I'm, I'm kind of scared to ask that now. Yeah. So my favorite moment is actually one that no one knows. I haven't talked about it. It's just something I've kept to me, and it has nothing to do with me actually wrestling. It's something that is an interaction with a fan. So I was doing a show in Alabama for a company called New Level Pro, 
and I had just wrestled uh, the big bad Kaiju O'Shea Edwards in one of my favorite matches I've ever had. And this little girl came up to me at my merch table and was just, we just like, I started talking to her, you know, got on my knee and was just talking to her. She's a little kid. And she was so adorable that uh, after the show, she came back over and I gave her a free t-shirt and uh, signed poster that I have. And she ran over to her mom and her mom came back and told me that her mom had just adopted her yesterday or the day before. And that that was the first thing that anybody had ever had that had really like given her. And so that was like really cool because the kid cried and now she's actually been coming to new level for the past like four months. Um, so I get to see her every month. I actually get to see her this Sunday, so it's gonna be really cool. Ah, that's wicked. Oh, you guys have nailed it. You've given me good yeah. embarrassing stories and you've given me like lovely feel good moments. Hashtag real superheroes. And tonight I'm gonna go chop the hell out of somebody. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right, you got you got you got a gauntlet tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna win, especially if I beat up Aaron. What man? Sixteen? Fifteen man. Fifteen man gauntlet. That's, that's a lot of I believe in you. Yeah, yeah she said. <laughs> <laughs> he Come said on, that guys. was a lot of men and he said brutal I told you you're perfect. not white you're oh, that not is white what... you're Michael Scott I'll be Michael Scott <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still not Kevin not really the boss I am Jim's the boss still Kevin but, you know like kind of sort of, you're Oscar bro <laughs> <laughs> that one's got layers to it I like, <laughs> I like that one you know what I was going to say Jesse like one day we're going to have a, some wrestlers on here and we're going to be like what's your favourite moment and one day they'll say being on Got Till 5 but we can't really top those stories no, those stories, that's the end as far as this podcast has peaked. It's done. So, with that oh. in mind... Wait, wait, wait. There, there is one more thing. We, all, we, we, we do have special talents Ooh, that we okay. should speak of. Oh, okay. no. Before, before we go to I, top five. Don't you dare. Okay, we all have special talents. Don't you dare. So, do it. I, myse- I myself, oh. all right, I, I am very good with numbers and math. I, I have like that. I'm very intellectual when it comes to that kind of stuff in regards That's to like it, all the merchandising, the setup, of the events, money, money management, everything like that. So that's my special talent. Six times five. Dream- <laughs> what? Yeah, you know that could be my thing. The dream girl has incredible flexibility. That's not a talent. I think you say the other one. That's a talent. What's the other one? Fuck. Yeah, what's the other one? <laughs> what are you like, Zachary? Tell- that- I refuse. Nobody's allowed to know my talent. Bro, you posted it on Facebook. Everyone knows. It yeah. was, I didn't mean to post it on Facebook. Um, uh, say it. You have five seconds to say it. Oh, that was good. Go ahead. That Cooper can sing. Really? He's yeah. an exceptional singer. Now then, sir. And he loves The Greatest Showman. My now. friend was in the movie, and I know all the words, and I it, it might be the... Yeah, I might sing. You're like me with Disney. I love Disney. No, no. Zach has fallen in love He's with Disney. Like you with. So long oh. story short, yes, you're the first podcast there. Yeah, public. Yay, Zach can sing. Yay. <laughs> now the real now everyone's going to know. Hold on. Do we get a couple of lines on the show or do I have to no. buy you a couple of drinks? No, here, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. I don't drink, but what we will do. What? Okay. Anymore. Try that again. Okay. Anymore. To be fair, if the, the, <laughs> the amount that I drink, you probably want to edit. The, the amount that I drink, you'd think I'm Irish. But here's, so long story short, if we meet up while we're over there and we go somewhere and you buy me a couple drinks, I will sing whatever song you want me to sing, wherever it is. If they've got karaoke, I'll get up there and do it. Do you want to make that deal live right now here? I will make that deal right now. When you guys yes! are over here, 
I will take you to a karaoke bar in London. Deal. I, I, I trust me. I hit a lot of the bars in London. <laughs> Jesse, how, Jesse, how's your singing voice? T- uh, terrible. It's the worst thing about me. I would say. And that's yeah, it's Jesus. Okay, so maybe just come along for moral support then, Jesse. Oh, well, oh God, yeah. I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll clap. I'll clap along. Thanks, man. He sounds like Drake Maverick too, doesn't he? He does sound like Drake Maverick. What if it secretly was? Are you secretly Drake Maverick? And I just marked out for him. Well, if I say, if I say yes or no, that doesn't still keeps it a secret, doesn't it? That does, hundred percent, because you don't know if you're telling the truth. Yeah, exactly. So I met Drake Maverick once uh, backstage at a show in Birmingham. This was before he got signed. First time I met him, I was backstage hanging out with everyone. He walks back. Looks at me and goes, "Oh, holy shit! Simon Pegg's here!" And then just walked on his way. <laughs> that was the only interaction we had. I'm Simon from what culture? In this year. <laughs> you want to do that again? No, that was pretty good though, wasn't well, it? Was good. I like that. I like that. Okay, time to grill you one last time with the top five, Jesse. What top five shall we give them? It's it's got to be stables, isn't it? Or tag teams? Stables. Yeah, stables. Take it. Take no. your pick. So. We're going to ask you a top five on top five favorites of all time, tag teams or stables. You can combine them. We don't really mind. These are ranked by time. We're trying to find out who the quickest wrestler is. The winner at the moment is TK Cooper with a ridiculous score. So who is feeling brave and wants to go first? Not me, bro. I'm not All right, I'll go first. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Top five tag teams slash stables. All right. Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers, uh, D-Generation X, uh, NWO and then Wolfpack. Mm, nicely done. Nicely done. Quite quick, quite quick. Uh, I feel like Ellie, you're you're just gonna wait till the end, I presume. No, no really, you gotta go. I don't know. No, because you already said the ones that I was gonna say. That's not fair. You're cheated. That's no, what you you can, you're fine. Trust me. Here's the thing with mine. Mine are all. So I have this weird thing with like weird wrestlers. Like I'm still trying to petition for a match with Muhammad Hassan and Kerwin White. <laughs> So, long story, like, my, you know, so my tag teams are weird, so it's, it's, it's taking me a second to process them. So it's, it's Ellie's turn. No, I don't want to. <laughs> well, while we're waiting to head on to the side, you can check out our previous episodes on Top 5 Stables, and we also did one on tag teams as well. Cheap plug. And... No, I'm not doing it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Go, Ellie. Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> Come on, children. No, I'm a ch- I, that's, my, that's my excuse. I'm a child. I don't know. Jesse. I feel like I feel like this is like a competition on who who could lose the hardest. I know, right? <laughs> is it working? Am I losing? Am I winning? You're you're losing pretty hard, but it's 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 like admirable. All right, I don't want to do it. All right, I guess I will. All right, you ready? You got this. I'm starting. Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, the Hardys, the Dudleys, New Age Outlaws, the British Bulldogs, and the International Superstars. Hey. Nicely done. Right, she kicked your ass. She did. All right. The main event. It's time for Zach. Fuck. She, she put us over and I, and I had to decide whether if the NWO and the Wolfpack were kind of the same, but they're not because they're technically two separate groups. I'm not, I am going to have to jump in on one of Ellie's and one of Blanco's, though, because like I'm actually like going through my... Can't put superstars. No, because they're not one of my favorites. Wow, that's a joke. I told you we hated us. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. All right, so here we go. Are we are we ready for mine? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke through this because I had enough time to think. All right, take that number one spot, Zach. 
No. <clears throat> so my top five factions, tag teams, Ring Comp, Party Boys, Lucha Bros, Road Warriors, and then my favorite of all time, Eugene and William Regal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what a oh, tag God. team to end Boom. Though. Yeah. That's, That's the way you end the show. Done. Eugene, William Regal. <laughs> I think we have to break the news to TK, Jesse, that he just lost his top spot. I think he's, yeah, he's no longer rated champion. Disappointing, disappointing. Let's but... go. Eugene, William Regal for the win. <laughs> I don't. You need think... to make a shirt now that says that. I will. I don't think we've even mentioned our tag team, Jesse, and we like to go obscure with our shit. They're very, yeah. Um, they're very close to my heart now, I think about it. That's good. No, like I said, my like my one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's now like getting bigger and bigger back on the indies. Like Shannon Moore was always one of my favorites. But like, who really know like like Shannon Moore? It's it, yeah, yeah, it's true. Little M method that he was. Or Tyson Tomko. I like. I'm, They're probably so confused right now. I'm just trying to get a match with Muhammad Hassan. If you guys could push for that. Well, why do you want a match with Muhammad Hassan so badly? So, because it's funny and on because think about it, you know how funny that would be to watch me wrestle muhammad Hassan or like chavo coming back as kerwin white like that would be funny as hell like tell me you wouldn't book that i'd book it yeah i'm not tempted to jesse cool. yeah no definitely i heard you mention tyson tomko as well that's a good shout yeah tyson tom it's still a four-way yeah nathan jones oh you never want nathan jones in there no nathan jones would be a good one what was he called the Girl. Thing of he versus like what I just do. You know, that's the same. Muhammad Hassan's still jacked. Maha- I could beat Muhammad Hassan's ass. He's 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 still overly jacked. Game, he's he's, a, he's a principal of a junior high, and he's still I jacked. Was gonna I say, was a teacher of uh, high school, so yeah. I win. So yeah. he's not wrestling anymore, but I I saw he was a teacher, so we could have like we'll you, Muhammad Hassan, and Eddie Dennis and Matt Striker. Yeah, Stryker. just a teacher fight. I'll see Matt Striker on Saturday. Yeah, actually. we're seeing him on Saturday. Okay, awesome. Do you guys remember Thank Mordecai? You. Yes, he was. He's another one on my list because I actually That'd have a movie a that I actually took from from Mordecai. So nice, Mordecai. <laughs> Hashtag the Anti Taker. <laughs> yes. Oh, Who remembers Mordecai? I love you. <laughs> I don't know why. I Basically, do. our podcast is just random, useless knowledge from the early two thousands that no one else remembers, but is near and dear to mine and Jesse's heart. It's funny because we're actually watching Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold WrestleMania. Hey, I just realized Stone Cold has a tattoo on his car. I've never seen it. He's got yeah, a flower of Texas, it. isn't it? Yeah. Very flowery. <laughs> anyway, we should probably do an official goodbye, and then we're gonna have a quick chat off air about funny wrestling stuff. So, for the official podcast goodbye, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to all three of you. You're amazing. Love you all. Thank you for joining us. And plug your shit. Where can people find yeah, you? Plug your shit. That's important. Uh, let's see. Instagram, you can find me on the Blanco Loco. Facebook is Blanco Loco, obviously. Uh, Twitter, you can hit us up on. I Yours mean, is real Blanco. Mine's Loco. real Blanco Loco. We we are on pro wrestling tees as well. You can get our merchandise. We have new designs coming up because we're freaking awesome. So those they look great. All right. So my Instagram and Twitter is this is Ellie, and then Facebook is just the Dream Girl Ellie. And my Instagram is Zachary W. Cooper. My Twitter is at I am Zach Cooper. And then my Facebook is Zach Cooper. And Joey's not here, but his is all Joey Osborne. Yeah, he keeps it simple. It's just Joey Osborne for everything. He's so cool. How dare he? <laughs> God damn it, Joey. Well, thank you for the three of you for joining. Joey was still on the fence about, but you three <laughs> love it. So thank, thank you for taking you the time to talk to us. 
Can't wait to have you over here in London, and I can't wait to see you guys at, uh, at the OWE show. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you. And there they were. Weren't they lovely? Yeah. During that silence, I could really hit the ticking of your clock. Does that not drive you insane? Well, now that you've pointed it out, I think it's going <laughs> to tip me over the edge, mate. I'm going to start killing people. Kicking lambs. If I was, yeah, kick some lambs to death. Swing a squirrel around my head. Um, <laughs> wear it around my head like Rambo. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, the clock's all right. It's a clock I got for Christmas, and each um, number is a League of Gentlemen character. Disturbing. Lovely. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, that was a lovely interview, and I really like those people, and I, I hope <laughs> we get to see them when they're in London, and they, they seem well up for coming on the podcast again. They they You can always tell when they had a good time, because, well, mainly because they post on Facebook immediately how much fun they had, which helps as an indication. Squares. Yeah. Squares. But um, normally, people just ignore us after being on this podcast. Yeah, they do, don't they? I think it's been a career low light for pretty much everyone, including me. <laughs> but... The majority of people who have been on this podcast, like, a month or so later, have massive success. So, is there a correlation? Is it their hard work and years of determination? I don't think it is. No, it's GT5, motherfucker. Exposure, bitch. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we should get onto the crux of the matters, because uh, for us it's saying eight minutes, but really we're at, like, the 40-minute mark at this point, so... Oh, yeah, because I interview was there. Yeah, all right, let's fucking go. Let's do it. Let's, let's blast this. Go. What we actually do it, we haven't said. So they've read the title, but they, <laughs> they could be dyslexic. We've got to cater to all people, Jesse. They might so, be blind. They could be blind. How they found this podcast, we'll never know. It's not in Braille. People show things to people. They can't show it to them. What? No, you're right. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> tell them about. It. Just tell them. Tell them what it is. Tell those blindies now. <laughs> so we did a. We wanted to do something around the people we interviewed to make it like a connection, and we grasped at straws for this one. Like clutched at straws. I grasped at them, mate. <laughs> So, we've done an episode on Top 5 Stables, which is when Chris Wolf was a guest, so we can't do that. So, we were like, That's who wild. has stables and factions? Japan has factions. In New Japan, you got chaos and all of that shit. What can we do? Let's talk about G1, because that's related, because the factions are in that. So, we're doing the Top 5 G1 winners. Top 5 G1 winners! That's going to be good, because G1 is probably my favourite tournament in wrestling. G1, I don't think you even have to say it's your favourite. I think you can arrogantly say it's the greatest tournament in wrestling. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Yeah, say it's, it. it. It appeals to my... Um, say it. It's the greatest ever, I'm sorry. Um, it's, um, it appeals to my love of like real sports and football and that because a lot of tournaments in that do this sort of point system as opposed to just win and move on and I really like that and when you're putting storylines into a tournament it's a really good idea to do it as a round robin because you, you can have your win or lose a few times and that can open some great stories I think it's a brilliant idea yeah it, it, it's amazing because we all know wrestling is scripted sorry spoilers but uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ do you remember two weeks ago, or two episodes ago, when you said that you were going to stop screaming at the listeners? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, if you're in bed at night, night now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, obviously, we're like, we know it's scripted, we know that there's a predetermined winner for this thing, but it's just become so real, and you get so invested in it. 
and it's just fucking brilliant as a tournament so i'm very excited to talk about it uh just for you smarky fuckers because when we deal with japan we get a lot more emails than we do with anything else because you like to nitpick every little thing that we do uh, yeah. what about when kendo nagasaki did, did, did that arm lock in 1978 in tokyo in the, in the basement don't even saw it legit email yeah so (laughs) we are focusing on the g1 climax so when it properly became the g1 climax from 1991 so antonio anoki andre the giant hulk hogan we're not going to talk shit about them okay it's from 1991 onwards andre the giant i was listening to i just said didn't i uh, before we played the interview in uh, joe rogan interviewed jake the state jake the state just talked about um how much pain Andre the Giant was in and just all Andre the Giant would talk about his pain towards the end of his life but, but, but yeah but because he was the, the, Jake the Slade didn't say this, this is what I thought I thought if like because he was French like didn't Jake just think he was talking about bread all the time he just wanted to eat <laughs> The places your mind goes, mate, it's just unreal. It's caffeine to yourself walking around with Joe Rogan in your pocket. I was, and it was really somber just talking about just the mis- And he was saying about like, like so much physical pain, he was like so much emotional pain. And he was talking about him like it was he was the elephant man. It was like you couldn't go anywhere without people pointing and laughing and stuff. <laughs> I love that you tell the story with such laughter in your voice. It shouldn't be funny, but it just Andre. I mean, it's Andre the Giant. Do you know what I mean? He's not a real person. To us, he's like this mythical sort of larger-than-life character, right? He is, yeah. So definitely. it's just it's funny to think about him just like being laughed at and talking about bread. <laughs> he wasn't talking about bread. Just, he was in immense pain. Immense pain. So much pain. Um, okay, let's go. Three, one. Here's the drop. Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. There's the drop. There so, it was. Climax um, is a sexy word, isn't it? Climax is a sexy word. Um, that's another, that's another say, pro. That's another pro to this tournament. Yeah, no one ever says the full name. They're just like, oh, the G1. But I, I need anyone or everyone listening to this, anyone who has fucking here at this point. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Sorry, our New Japan episodes are obscure as shit, so uh, yeah, I'm not expecting right. massive just, numbers on this one. It, it's good. Guys. We we should off- <laughs> we should offset these so like the interviews get like really good listens because like the family and the friends and people who are fans tune in and listen. So we should just like offset the really big listens from the interviews with really obscure shit like WCW episodes that just do horrendous by themselves. You leave WCW alone. I've told you many times, my friend. Many oh. times. So, I, but I bet the few people that listen to them really appreciated it because us WCW marks are few in number, but united we stand. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So, um, yeah, G1 Climax, 1991. I've got free picks. We're not doing a quiz because we, we're behind time anyway. So I get free picks this week. Jesse gets two because I think that's how we did it last week. Tell us if we're wrong, but who cares? We're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my quiz um, destroyed you last week, so I got three last week, so now it's your turn to get three, you lucky didn't, little boy. Didn't destroy me, didn't destroy me at all. A, oh, Victoria! <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> that was the right answer. Yeah, you're right. I said Layla. Why do you guess? Yeah. Oh, Layla. I can't even remember Layla, mate. I couldn't even. If you put Layla in a lineup, I wouldn't be able to pick her out. I ain't Layla mess with. Whoop. Yeah, that's Victoria's music, though, as we now know. That needs to be a drop at some point. And I lady to bet. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's go. Um, I'm number five, aren't I? So I oh, get yeah. to start. No, wait, first. I'm number five. What? I'm no, you get two picks, so I get oh, five, yeah, I'm three, four and one. Two. All right, yeah, go. <laughs> okay, uh, let's kick off and uh, appease the Smarks a little bit who would uh, get their history knowledge on the go. Uh, going a bit old school, if we're talking about the G1 Climax from 1991, it seems a bit amiss to not mention this man. So when it comes to the G1 Climax, I have to mention Masahiro Chono or Masa. Now, he was the first ever winner of the 1991 G1 Climax. He then won it in 1992, 1994, 2002, 2005. Do you know what his nickname is, Jesse? What's his nickname? The, the winner? Mr. August. That was shit. Mr. <laughs> August. <laughs> Mr. August and Mr. G1. He's like the Shawn Michaels of the G1. Amazing. Mr. August, to me, sounds like a sort of Mr. Universe-style um, competitor. I would agree with that, actually. I would you agree. You know, like there's the women who do, he's like Miss Dallas or whatever, and they want to solve world hunger, but they also have massive boobs. It's like there's enough milk in your boobs, love. <laughs> Let's fix world hunger. Let's get it on. <laughs> You're in a bad place now, aren't you? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's so hot. <laughs> so warm. <laughs> so British heat wave. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll be dead by tomorrow when the sun kills us all, so we might as well get this podcast out of the way. It has to. So, uh, Massa is a seven, uh, former seven-time IWGP Tag Team Champion and a one-time holder of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the NWA Heavyweight Championship. He was the leader of the NWO Japan when they did the whole crossover thing, ah, Team 2000 so- and Black New Japan. So, he was kind of like a clean-cut babyface for a long time, but then he uh, became the top heel for the rest of his career back in 1994 when he adopted this Yakuza gimmick and he looked fucking cool in all honesty like it wasn't just a little Japanese dude in a trench coat like he's like (laughs) 6'1 and he was like well he was in a black trench coat but that's besides the point yeah he he was tall he was tall yeah (laughs) so who cares so um, I don't I have to say I don't know anything about this man what sort of wrestling style was he the type that a 6'1 Japanese man would do Sonata-esque yeah hit a fucker Okay, cool. Just yeah. beat the shit. Um, oh, side note, I think I um, we were talking about it online, but I haven't asked you since. Um, have you got round to watching Ishii Moxley? Not yeah, Ishii Moxley from this G1. I haven't. Yet. No. Do it. It's the best match from this G1 so far. Anyone listening who hasn't seen it, go watch it. Ah, oh, it's good. I I just find it weird to hear like Moxley versus Ishii, Ishii and stuff it's uh, and even Kenta you know I, I kind of forget that he's such a big part of New Japan now as well it's it's weird yeah it's crazy and um, also if you need a good advert for this um, Ishii Moxley match Moxley when he was interviewed afterwards said that Renee Young his wife is going to be um, absolutely livid at him for that match and you can imagine what you know what Ishii gets up to in this matches so yeah it's good did he headbutt a bitch headbutts may be present in this match <laughs> so yeah okay I'll get on that but uh, Chono you know he's um, got a hell of a reputation when it comes to G1 it's it's a case of we can't really talk about the climax without man- mentioning Massa because he you know holds the most amount of victories and was kind of a staple 
of when they moved away from Anoki, they needed kind of like a new star, a new big man that they wanted to kind of focus on. And it seemed like Chono was the way that they were going to go forward. And we're just like, yep, he's going to be our guy. And he's had a great career, you know, as we mentioned, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, um, wrestled all around the world, WCW and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and interestingly, uh, he injured his neck from a botched sit-down Tombstone pile driver while defending that title against none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ah, and that's how Stone Cold Steve Austin hurt his neck. Yeah, calm as a bitch, Stone Cold. That's very strange. Is That's yeah. funny, that's funny how Stone Cold never brings that up, does he, yeah. when he talks about his own neck? Didn't think he would. No, you Stone Cold bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So he was around for a while. He competed um, even in 2004. Um, I think he retired in 2014, uh, became a legend around 2007 when they kind of started to do the New Japan phasing him out kind of deal. Um, But yeah, he did great. He won the titles with Tenzan, who's another big G1 person, um, defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Tanahashi. And uh, that's when he kind of got the the moniker because that was the same year that he won the G1 Climax at his age, and that's when he uh, got the nickname Mr. August. Nice. Is he still with us? Is he still alive? He's still with us, yeah. Yeah, he's um, freelancing at the moment, so... You never know know with the 90s wrestlers, do you? It's Um, true, it's true. But mind you, Japanese wrestlers don't die young like American ones do. I think um, there's more... You know, everyone talks about um, the physical toll wrestling takes on your body. I actually think the intense travel schedule is more dangerous than the wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, only, so it's only the Americans that have that schedule and they're the ones that drop like flies. Yeah, because if you imagine you're touring all the time away from your family, what are you actually going to do in a hotel room except hookers and blow? Yeah, and, then and, yeah, you and you're in that... pain, so you're taking pain pills. Yeah, and you're coupling that with doing... Like, I get knackered doing a flight once and back. Imagine doing that for 320 days of the year. Yeah, exactly. Like, what gets you through that flight is knowing that you'll be home soon in your comforts. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Japanese wrestlers get to go to and everyone else. It's just the Americans that are miserable. Exactly. A weird fact that uh, I think shows how harsh New Japan is. So, in 95, um, Chono's father died and it forced him to miss a tag team title defense and take a bit of a hiatus. And that forced him to uh, vacate the titles. <laughs> That's <a bit> brutal. <laughs> My dad's dead. Give us the title. <laughs> Hand it over. It's in, it's in his coffin. I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, check out some Massa Chono matches if you've not uh, checked him out before. Big dude, impressive, and, yeah, huge star. Nice. Um, just quickly, you mentioned um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you see um, Raw just gone? It was a sellout, their first sellout in fucking ages. Yes. And it was like they announced Stone Cold was going to be on the show, and boom, the thing sold out. The dude can st- the dude still draws on a different level all these years later. How cool is that? Oh, God, yeah. It was... Uh, but that's such, that's such a massive issue, isn't it? Of like the you you look at how it's been kind of played in the last couple of months of just like empty arenas, the lowest ratings of all time, and they just can't build stars and stuff. And then you get the part time, not even a part time. He's been retired for like fifteen years at this point. Comes back just to say hello, sold out in a minute. Yeah, surely seems- that sets off alarm bells, right? Oh, I'm sure, but uh, as a fan uh, and a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think he's one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. It's cool. I love that shit. I think that's brilliant that the man can still do that. You just reminded me I need to send you a picture because obviously Hulk Hogan came back. Um, Yes. 
there's a picture of him hugging Ric Flair and in the background is just Booker T with the most disdainful look burning a hole into the back of Hulk Hogan hey you must have missed you must have missed that because I sent you a um, I sent you an altered version of that picture oh did you um, this morning (laughs) yeah but you were quite busy I guess Um, or maybe I didn't send it to you Um, I sent it to someone oh no I did hang on let me um, let me send it to you again um, do, 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 do. Oh, you... listeners, apparently. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you can edit this if you need to. Um, let me. Um, no, you're like this. You can describe it once it's once it's coming uh, on Facebook Messenger. Here you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's the image yeah. I, d- I described with Booker's disdainful face and uh, a little head thought bubble to when he made the infamous promo of Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you, my friend. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? So good. So good. Oh, stupid Hulk. Um, cool. <laughs> okay. Um, shall we move on to my number four? Or the number four. The number four, yes. Um, my number four is none other than um, I, the um, Blue Justice Yuji like Nagata. No, I did know. Um, I had a blank on his nickname, Blue Justice, which I'm looking at his Wikipedia page to get his nickname. And um, at the top of his Wikipedia page, it says, this article needs to be updated. So I hope, I hope nothing's happened <laughs> like, oh, re- like recently. Um, but yeah, Yuji Nagata, um, I'm saying, because um, as a fairly... I think most Westerners, apart from the real sparks out there, are fairly late to the game with New Japan, right? Like, Mm -hmm. people have done their history, but I think it didn't really become big over here until Wrestle Kingdom 9. Yeah, definitely. And at that point, Yuji Nagata, as he is now, you know, is um, in the twilight years of his career, and you don't appreciate what he was like as a young man because and he's cool now, right? Like, with the whole arm bar and his eyes rolling into his head, and that's such a cool sort of that shoot style is amazing very um Demolenko-esque I think just the um don't need a personality just get it done do you know what I mean yeah and yeah. I've always loved that about him and I was um looking up G1 history and found out he won which is brilliant it's just an excuse to talk about him because uh, he's awesome so he won it in 2001 um and it was very much a sort of um Chris Benoit style rise to the top story because he He'd been working hard for a long, long time um, and not had... It's much. It's how I feel about Ishii now as well. He's um, been working very hard for a very long, long time and never got what he deserves, except Yuji Nagata. They gave it to him and then some. So he won the G1. He went on to win the NJPW title um, and then um, defended it for 13 months. Had mm-hmm. the record. I believe he had the record until Okada... Um, of the most successful title defences. Which is mad, because I didn't start watching him until Wrestle Kingdom 9, and after that, when he was sort of treated as this elder statesman character, because Japan do an amazing job of um, phasing out their older stars. in Like real sports, you know, when people get older, they're less good, but they can still go, and that's what how Japan booked their older talent. It's really cool. It's not like... You know, oh, so and so's a multi-time world champion, so of course he's going to still be in the main event in his fifties. Like, you need to wind them down a bit, and that's what they did with Nagata. But I just 
think he's a fucking great wrestler. Um, he's retired from the G1 now, hasn't he? Was it last yes. year that was his last one? Yeah, um, yeah. I remember because that was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, and also, I looking into his history, um, he wrestled for WCW for a year, and I remember him ah. um, in WCW, but hadn't connected that that was Nagata from that I know now. Um, he um, he faced Ultimo Dragon at Halloween Havoc in 97 I think mm-hmm. um, which was a great match and um, they faced each other again in World War 3 um, he had Sonny Ono managing him do you remember Sonny Ono? oh I remember Sonny yeah man um, Eric Bischoff's best friend they invented like these ninja stars for kids together that was like their first ever business thing that made them friends Eric Bischoff and Sonny Ono um that's weird, isn't it? Um, yes. And <laughs> but adding onto that, the, there was a stipulation of the World War Three match that if Dragon won, he got five minutes alone in the ring with Ono. Ah, so, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, okay. But uh, uh, luckily, he was able to pin Dragon, and uh, oh, wow, well, Ono made a distraction, and then that never happened. But that would have been probably one of the greatest moments ever of Dragon just doing things to Ono. <laughs> it would have been great. Um, and, and Nagata then went back to uh, Japan shortly after his um, year in WCW, but um, was greeted like as a hero, as Japanese people seem to be. Once they go on an excursion to the West somewhere, they come back and all of a sudden they're treated with this respect for having done it. Do you know what I mean? You sort yeah. of get that get that vibe about it but that's what led to Nagata having this great career and um, he worked very hard in the years when New Japan was shit in the early to mid 2000s when New Japan was famously just terrible um, he I, I admire all the wrestlers that um, stuck with New Japan through that period and got to reap the rewards in more recent years people like um, Maccabee as well um, just yeah awesome but I think this guy just has a touch of class about him is everything I like about Japanese wrestling is in Nagata yeah completely like yeah I love Nagata he's um, just someone I can just legitimately watch and even now I remember who was it he was wrestling there was this really jacked up dude that was like a rookie um, that they kind of pushed for a while but he's kind of disappeared again maybe he's gone on excursion but him and Nagata had an absolutely stunning match yeah I remember that guy and I can't remember his name he was like a Japanese Brock Lesnar wasn't he? yeah he was huge. huge it was like someone just got a little air pump and just pump, kept pumping him up before he went out it was great <laughs> um, one thing about Nagata is uh, his the stable that he did in 2000 the the fighting club G-Eggs and that had a, a dark uh, end to it all so uh, it had some legitimate people with like legitimate sto- um, backgrounds and stuff you had uh, Nakanishi uh, Nagata's tag team partner at the time which was Fukuda and then you had Yoshi and Brian Johnston but uh, Fukuda died from a brain hemorrhage suffered during a match with a rookie Katsuyori Shibata which was oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tenbao Salute and all that kind of stuff uh, and then Johnston he was in the group after he suffered a stroke. Um, and then Nagata was like, you know what? This is just fucking cursed. I'm getting rid of it. <laughs> so. as, as you should. I also like that that faction was founded on um, the gimmick of it was we're all like amateur wrestlers and MMA people. Yes. Uh, Nagata's had two MMA fights in his life and he'd lost them both in knockout within 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he's legit, goddammit. <laughs> but he's awesome. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? It's fine. So, uh, yeah, no, I love Nagata, and um, I wish I were able to see him more when he was kind of still in his prime and stuff, but I can still watch him now, and he's 
brilliant. Absolutely I also brilliant. want his T-shirt with his face on the inside. Yes. <laughs> That's so the best. Such you. a great piece of merch. <laughs> you can picture me with that, can't you? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, but yeah, Farley was the last person he wrestled in the G1, and uh, Farley bowed down to him and left a ring, which uh, for Farley to do seems a bit of a crazy thing. Yeah, he had an amazing G1 last year. It was like, it was, that was so well booked, wasn't it? Like, he never yeah. threatened winning it, really, but just the fact that he'd said it was his last, and then he had, like, match of his career after match of his career every day. Yeah. Well, do you remember in, um, I don't know what year it was, but he was the never openweight champion as well. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because he beat Shibata for it, and that was a good match. Like, him and Shibata, they could go. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Good times, good times. So yeah, I didn't even factor in the Gata because I was going, in my head, I'm going for people who've won it quite a few times or have done something kind of historic with it, but I forget we could just talk about how much we like wrestlers who have won it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to get a reason to talk about him again, so I thought I'd shoehorn him in. Well done, well done. Okay, so what are we at? Number three. Number three. Ooh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you talk, I... open your mouth, let noise happen. Yeah, but I got like three that I really like, um, and I want to talk about all of them because I feel like they're important. But I don't know. Who I know, to... I know. I bet I know what three they are. I bet you. I bet you do. All right. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be picking someone. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put him in because I don't think he deserves the number one spot. But uh, I, I, I need to talk about how much I love him whenever we talk about Japanese wrestling. So. For listeners that know, you already are groaning because you know who it's going to be. Tatsuya Naito. 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 I'm opening my eye for you as we, Thank sp- you. As we sit here. <laughs> I'm going to do the whole whole bit just holding my eye open. <laughs> It'll be fine. So Naito won the G1 Climax in 2013 and 2017. Let's Both are kind of marred with sadness for me. So 2013 obviously goes on, wins the title. Great. Naito is IWGP champion. What a time to be alive. But I, he he was a shit champion. <laughs> like, yeah, he was just it, it wasn't there. It was kind of the wrong moment to pull the trigger on Naito, and everyone knew it, and the crowd knew it for for one because they booed the shit out of Naito, which is something that Japanese crowds just don't do. And they, they voted, didn't they? Wasn't there a vote? Yeah. He was so unpopular. They voted what should be the headliner of Wrestle Kingdom. And they chose him the Intercontinental. Yeah, yeah, and they chose the Intercontinental match with Nakamura. Um, I, I can't remember who he was against. Um, instead, which is um, must have been devastating for, for Naito. Yeah, you, you finally get to this point and everyone is just like, nah, mate, not you. It's just, it's not good. And it, it's a shame because, like, Naito is so fantastic, which we'll get onto in a minute. Because uh, obviously, Naito and uh, Takahashi and all of that lot had a great feud when he came back. Um, and then when he won the tournament, he won with a record of five wins and four losses. And he got the number one spot. And uh, he defeated Tanahashi to earn a shot at the IWGP Championship. Um, and then there was all this stuff going. I think they just convoluted it too much because there was like stuff with the never open weight championship as well, and it just got really kind of complicated. So when he kind of, you know, actually went on to defend it, um, it as Jesse said, it was just kind of a massive shit show that they were just like, no, you know what? Uh, we're gonna have uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Tanahashi, our favourites, main event for the the true main event at the Tokyo Dome, and it's just like. What a slap in the face that is. And they they actually released the results and uh, Nature and Okada got 
only like half of the votes that Nakamura and Tanahashi had got. Mm. Like not even an 80% half. <laughs> Just unbelievable. And then he goes on to win it in 2017 when he was red hot as shit. He was absolutely incredible and just everything about him is perfect like Los Ingobernables is at their like peak Naito's at his peak the crowd he can just this was the time when Naito could come out and just stand on the rampway and they would just chant his name they just would not stop and they would just keep going it was the year before uh, um, Wrestle Kingdom, wasn't it? When um, the, the um, Titantron at the top was in the shape of an eye. Yes. And that was basically done, like, just for Los Ingobernables. Like, that's the only reason that that was there, which is that's a testament to how over he was that the whole fucking set of their biggest show of the year was designed in a way to just make his entrance as cool as it could possibly be. Yeah, exactly. So it was unbelievable and i remember watching like his defending of the the contracts and stuff and that was all good and he just had such a great run up until facing okada and just like everyone was behind him and it was just such this fairy tale story and i've gone into detail on another <laughs> new japan podcast so i won't bore you the details but here's a guy who went into exile came back worked his way up the crowd shit on him he went away back he reinvented himself formed one of the most popular factions in the world became super popular with the audience like yes this is his redemption this is his moment he's gonna win the iwgp championship and he's gonna like hold new japan to the standard that it's getting to and then like and then uh, he loses to okada yeah yeah okada <laughs> okada in his flares no less i which was even worse because he, he wasn't even you know that should have thrown okada off you, you could have <laughs> lost and oh, it was the flares it was fine i mean it, it's difficult to be mad at it because it's kind of a case of what happened with okada winning the title led to some of the greatest matches of all time with kenny omega yeah you know that was kind of the perfect end to okada's reign that two out of three falls match at dominion was just a, that's going to be a movie one day that's how good it was. So to have Naito kind of take it and then, I don't know, Okada take it back a couple months later and then it just would have lost it. So from hindsight, it was the right choice. But at the time, at 11 o'clock in the morning, sitting with you as the big Okada mark that you are, I was am. painful. I can you imagine. saw the heartbreak in my eye, didn't you? I did, yeah. It, and I agree with you. It, I'm, I am a huge Okada mark, um, but... Um, that doesn't mean that I didn't see that, you know, my sort of logic in my head said, NATO has to win this, you know, it just feels like, yeah, it just feels like that's what needs to happen. And then he didn't, and I was simultaneously stoked that Okada had retained. It's also a bit sort of like, ah, that's um, that's interesting booking. But as you say, it paid dividends. It worked out and they knew what they were doing. Yeah, hopefully they'll get back on the, the NATO bandwagon uh, at some point soon and he gets to have one more run with it. Um, I'd say Naito has probably had the least successful G1 wins, which is ironic because we're talking about the best. But when you talk about what came out of his winning and where the storyline and New Japan kind of took the direction of the company, it was very important. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to get so much hate for that, but I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> number two. Uh, my number two, isn't it? Um, or the number two, but it's my turn. Yay! Um, so, as we were just talking about, um, I am a massive Okada mark, so it's probably no surprise to you that um, 
Okada Kazuchika is um, in my number two. Um, he would be my number one if we were doing our own top fives. I love this man so much. He is the greatest, um, certainly, I think he's the greatest um, current, currently performing professional wrestler in the world. Um, he has had some amazing matches. He won the G1 the same year I got into New Japan. So the first Wrestle Kingdom I watched was um, Okada Tanahashi headlining as a direct result of Okada winning the G1. Um, and even though Okada actually lost that match, um, it cemented my New Japan fandom. I just thought that match was stunning. Um, spots and, you know, how amazing the match was aside, just at the end, the way Okada was legitimate, like, not legitimate, but like crying because he'd lost. And... The commentary put it over so well and he had sort of lost out to Tanahashi who was very much the you know the veteran at the top of his game at that time and Okada just yeah the way Okada reacted to it is exactly how you'd expect a young person who isn't quite at his peak yet to react and he was just booked so beautifully that the following year he returns and it's a repeat main event against Tanahashi and Okada wins that year because he has in that year he has grown up and become one of the best in the world and then he proved it at Wrestle Kingdom and that all stems from his first um, G1 victory which is just awesome that was, that was a beautiful story you just told thanks buddy I've that was, got, I've got that a was beautiful got a and tear. the fact that um, from then like Okada has I, I don't know if this is accurate but competed in like every single G1 and finished second in whatever block he's been in yeah and it's like yeah I'm okay with that yeah, it's cool, and he um, and, and most of his G ones that he's participated in since then, he's been the reigning champion when he's done it. Yes, yeah, because uh, yeah, he's current champion at the moment, and I think he sits at uh, second place at the moment. I'm just gonna see what kind of point system he's on. Yeah, with eight points at the moment, so yeah. he's he's killing it. And it, it's weird with Okada because you know, if you did this booking anywhere else in the world, it would be like, oh, for fuck's sake, Okada again. You know, he he's taken back the title, and it's just like. It, it's not old it's even when he lost the title to Kenny it was a case of a little bit bittersweet it was like yes I'm happy Kenny's finally done it but I could have quite happily sent Okada hold on to that title but it's a weird like is it boring when the Dallas Cowboys win NFL every year or whatever or Manchester City win the Premier League title every like you can argue it is sort of predictable but also they're the best so why shouldn't they be winning and that's how i view okada do you know what i mean like and that's what separates him from like people like roman reigns john cena whatever who you know we love and have respect for these people as well but they're not they're the, not the greatest wrestlers no, no exactly and it, but okada is yeah, so we, it, we've feels, compared him it to, feels right that he's up there yeah he's, we've compared him Rick to rick flair yeah exactly yeah. that's what we always kind of aching it back to you know it's pretty much the same match every single time but you're still in trance watching it and it's still something that you kind of get invested in no matter what kind of stuff he does exact like timing is so underrated and rick flair had it and okada has it just they're doing the same shit every match doing the same moves but they know when to do them to get the most reaction out of a crowd it's just beautiful yeah completely and uh yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, a, I'm hoping, so this is kind of what I hope, is that he wins this G1, bit of fancy book in here, he's going to win the G1, 
and he picks Tanner as his uh, opponent, and we get them again in in the final. But Tanner puts his career on the line. Ah, and that's when we say goodbye to Tanner. Oh, could you imagine? That'd be good. Is that what happens? Well, I'm unclear on the rules here. So if the champion wins the G1, he just gets to pick whoever he, he wants. He gets to pick so. his So he can either not defend or he can pick his opponent. Okay, cool. Imagine if he just didn't defend. Like, yeah. <laughs> now nah, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll do a YouTube watch log of Wrestle Kingdom instead. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting fact I found is that, uh, you know, when they challenge for the contracts and stuff, like, uh, no, one, yeah. no one's lost that. Oh, really? That's interesting. And that's actually something I like less about... Um, about the the rules of the G1 that that you can do that afterwards it, that feels a bit american to me do you know what i mean a bit so we like i like it in the sense of when they do it so say last year like tanner lost to i, I can't remember off the top of my head but he lost to a couple i think like ishi was one of them or something yeah or maybe it was i can't remember who exactly it was but i feel like if you lose to them in the tournament um and you're the winner then the person that beat you in the tournament has right to say well i beat you but i didn't get to have like another shot at you so let me have a shot at you now when you've got the contract because rightfully i should be the winner yeah maybe i'd i'd maybe have it as like they if they they could have a rematch and if they win they can inject themselves into into the main event as opposed yeah. to take it away the main event from the g1 winner do you know what i mean it, but yeah no it's it's okay and as you say it's never it's never gone tits up for anyone that's won the g1 so it's yeah, so exactly. it's a non-issue at this point i thought last year because last year tanner winning was a bit weird so i thought this was going to be the first time that we see the contract get lost and then we have kind of a build-up kind of thing it didn't happen and then it I, that disappointed me a bit but it turned out to be a hell of a main event at wrestle kingdom anyway so it didn't really matter but i thought he would be kind of the first one to lose it because it wouldn't damage his stock if he did lose it it was an okay main event is that is that's that, fair no it am is i fair. gonna get am i no, gonna no. get hate for that from, i don't from think so wrestle kingdom standards it's it wasn't up there for me yeah for for wrestle kingdom main event standards especially over the past five years wasn't up there maybe we've been spoiled maybe if we hadn't had these incredible matches before oh, we would have thought this one was amazing yeah we've definitely been spoiled yeah from um yeah kenny omega card with New Japan's great, man. I, I actually haven't properly watched it. I haven't properly watched it for a while, but talking about it with you now has made me want to... Um, I've still got my New Japan um, subscription role. I, I messaged you the other day, didn't I? I might go to the gym today for the first time in, like, 18 months. And you were like, what? You still signed up to your gym? And it's like, yeah, I've been paying for it, like, every month, every month for a very long time. Haven't stepped foot in the thing for ages. And it's the same with my um, New Japan subscription. That ticks over every month. Uh, same with WWE Network, actually. I haven't turned that on for a couple of months. You still have um, a, subscri- a subscription to that? Yeah, so they're all still just ticking over. Wow. I, yeah. You I make know. far too much money in your I'm, job. <laughs> I'm, I'm too, I must be doing a right for myself. Uh, but <laughs> I, yeah, I just don't notice. And I haven't watched any of this stuff for ages and I want to. I, there was some legend and I don't know who it is that did it. It was all over Reddit. Have you seen this? The um, massive like Google um, Drive spreadsheet of um, New Japan yes. I matches. use it regularly. Yeah, it's awesome, right? <laughs> so this hero, don't know who he is, has just put together because it's not the easiest thing to navigate all the time. New Japan World, um, just put all these like particularly good matches going back to the seventies to yesterday. You know, just regularly updates it, and you just click it if you've got a subscription. It links you straight through, and you can watch it. It's banging. Yeah, it, it's. I, I think you sent it to me, and I, I just use it religiously to kind of watch stuff. I'm like, oh, I want to watch. Uh, 
I know uh, the Fale match, and boom, there it is. Just so much. Control all, F. My, all my Dynamite Kid um, education basically has been from that spreadsheet. Like I always knew I loved him because he was Benoit's idol and everything. But I actually, thanks to that spreadsheet, I managed to actually watch all these sort of fable Japanese matches that people talk about with Dynamite Kid. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I got to see him for myself and go, Jesus Christ, they're doing like. Like this match wouldn't look out of place in 2014 as a athletic sort of high pace match, except it's 1978. It's fucking mental. Yeah, unbelievably good. I think this kind of speaks volumes to how lazy our kind of generation of just like we want everything now is, because it's the fact of like I watch New Japan quite a bit, but like I don't watch it as much because. As you say, the website's difficult to navigate, even though they've like translated it to English and they've made it like super easy for Westerners to kind of access. The fact that it's not on an app and I can't use a search function makes me go, this is a bit of a hassle. Yeah. It's it's yeah, I've got oh God, I gotta plug in the computer to the TV. This is this is a lot of work. I know, it's so lazy, isn't it? And it's our yeah, it's us being lazy. But there is like Oh, I don't, yeah, if, oh, if there was an app, it would be so lovely, wouldn't it? And oh, I could watch it on, it on my time. phone, on the bus and shit like yeah. that. That would be amazing. I'd be on it all the time. I have a, a two-hour commute to work. Think of the, the Japan I could get on my eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be great. One person, um, 2019, the one that's happening at the moment, I'm surprised is doing so poorly, is Jay White. They have just dropped that thing down. Jay White? Yeah, have sitting they? there with two points. Oh. Same as far. Well, a, a lot of them, like the people I want to be doing why, you've got guys like Sonada and Zaber and Osprey, maybe. Um, they're all sitting at the bottom, and it's, you know, you can't be on the same level as Goto. That's just not okay. No, yeah, but Goto's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Goto's a joke. <laughs> but, you know, from their book, it's Osprey's first G1, right? It's his first yeah. time mixing up with the heavyweight. So, of course, he's not going to be... Um, he's going to have to find his feet in that because they take realism more seriously. So he has to progress, you know? He has to get used to being around the heavyweights before he can just go over them. Yeah, Jay White may be distracted after title loss. See, this is the thing New Japan does. They make you, like, fantasy book in your head of, like, reasons why people aren't doing as well as they can do. Do you remember when Okada lost the title and he got obsessed with balloons? Yes. <laughs> the yes, dude had a balloon mental breakdown. <laughs> and no one really acknowledged it on kind of like commentary or anything. Ah, here's, here's Okada with balloons tied around his legs. That's okay. The guy used to come out raining money from the sky and now he's got $1 store balloons. Here yeah. you go. But I was watching it going, yeah, no, like, like you know, I was completely suspended by disbelief. I was watching it like, yeah, well, you know, he has just lost a title. He's probably going through some... Some he's going through some shit. stuff, guys. It's a real bad shit right now. Like he's he's not going to wrestle well, and he's got these balloons. But we we need to just let him get on with it, and he'll be back. And I was right because now he's he's sorted himself out. He's he all took good. he took those. Uh, just one more Okada thing is uh, must have been G one last year or something when he came out in his long trousers, but then he pulled them away to reveal the the shorts were back, the short tights. Yeah. And the pop that got <laughs> is one of like the reasons I love wrestling. Like if we did a top five reasons why you love wrestling, that's one of them because the reaction, <laughs> the internet blew up. Everyone's like, the shorts are back, the shorts. And then you messaged me like, have you seen? Have you seen? <laughs> Expecting like Shabata to come back and like return triumphantly. No. Now this is more important than that. It's... Okada just bought tearaways. That's the only difference. <laughs> Do you sent me, um, you know, that like meme gif of um, 
uh, a big pub yeah a big pub watching the world cup and england score a goal and the whole pub like on a big screen and the whole pub goes fucking mental and drinks fly up in the air and everyone's going crazy you sent me that but someone had put okada revealing his shorts on the big screen and everyone's just going mental throwing their drinks in the air so good so good <laughs> oh lovely should we go on to number one then I think we better. Who's your number one, Max? Well, um, I've got three people, so I'm going to mention two after this, just because I feel like they need a mention. But uh, it's, I guess we got to give it to him. He, he's he's the top of everything. We got to give it to the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Have we? I think we have to. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm giving it to the ace of of Tana because mainly he's for beautiful. the hair, mainly for the hair. Like I have no basis of this besides the man has glorious hair. Do you still have the poster that um, Aaron got you? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God bless him for this. Like Aaron travelled all the way to Tokyo. He watched Wrestle Kingdom and he comes back with this like muscle fitness poster of Tanahashi for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine, And it was so like perfectly preserved. Like it wasn't wrinkled in a suitcase or anything. He just pulled it out so triumphantly and went, for you. <laughs> and he meant it as a joke, but it was the best gift I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it's brilliant. I got a um, Okada um, bandana, didn't I? The chaos, and some money. The one that gave us. Yeah, a, a one. Well, it's actually. I'm looking at it now. It's actually one zero 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 zero. What's that? Like hundred thousand, hundred thousand <laughs> Okada yen. <laughs> well, don't, mock, don't laugh at me. Don't mock me. Um, and I've got it framed, and I was just staring. I've got it framed right here, looking next to me. I was just staring at it when I was wistfully talking about Okada. <laughs> and that's actually from one of the greatest main events of Wrestle Kingdom time. Yes, it is. The Okada Omega that was bought at. There you go. So there's no denying how important Tanner is to New Japan eight-time IWGP heavyweight champion, two-time IWGP intercontinental champion, two-time tag team champion, a three-time never openweight six-man tag team champion, and a, uh, what did I say? He's a three-time G1 Climax winner. The man's done it all. He has done it all. He's, um, uh, you, it's, it's the cliche thing when people are getting into New Japan and they want to work out who, like the characters and stuff. A lot of people say Tanahashi is kind of the John Cena of New Japan. Mm-hmm. And you can see what they mean. Not in the sense of like, not that he was divisive like John Cena was, but he was very much carrying the company on his shoulders for a long time, winning all the time but had the charisma to carry it on. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah, um, completely. And it was great. Although he did steal, um, like, early 2000 Jericho's gear. Yes, <laughs> he did. He That's did. the first thing I thought. Before I knew much about New Japan and I saw Tanahashi, I was like, it's just Jappa Jericho. Jappa Jericho. <laughs> I like Jappa Jericho. That's a good way to, <laughs> to put him. Um, and uh, when he first won it, he actually beat Nagata. Um, to to kind of get through to that final, so that's it. Blue Justice, Blue Justice, baby. So that's an interesting little tidbit for you. Uh, and then yeah, ended up winning again in uh, 2015 as well. Uh, I can't remember who he faced in 2015. Oh yeah, it was Nakamura. That was a fucking good match. Ah, nice. Yeah, I remember that one now. So um, and then yeah, 2018, which was the surprise. Like I was shook, Bubba shook when he won 2018. Um, do you remember that match with Abushi, and they just wanted to kill each other? Or no, wait, that's incorrect. Abushi wanted to kill himself. <laughs> yeah, well, Abushi is the only man I've ever seen um, willingly. You know when he um, has those matches with Yoshihiko, the sex doll. Yes. Um, when no he does the rolling, um, when he does the rolling Canadian destroyers, just one after the other. Like 
he's so good at doing that with Yoshihiko that it looks like a sex doll has given him a Canadian destroyer. But when you actually think about it, the dude is just jumping on his head. Back from over, onto his neck, yeah. Over, <laughs> over again. <laughs> just constantly. And it's like take the sex doll out of the equation you go what the fuck is like, this guy's insane and there's no need for it there's no need for that there's no, like... and that is the only situation by the way that taking a sex doll out of it makes it weirder <laughs> it's very true <laughs> Uh, but you know like Tanner's so important as you say when New Japan was shit he's the one that was like I'm going to take it to becoming like the number two wrestling company. Like just me on my back. I'm going to make this the best it can be. And you say Okada's like the best in ring performer. You can't have that conversation without Tanner in there as well. And it's the reason that these two have such incredible matches together because they really are like, you've got Okada's timing. You've got Tanner's charisma and just the way he sells and moves in the ring. They're just money and magic together. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Tanahashi has always been, like, he's one of those people, I don't think that he's one of my favourites, for some I don't know why, there's just something about him. And that, But then when I see matches, I sort of go, oh yeah, no, he is amazing. And I love that he can frog splash people from any angle. Any angle. Any up, angle. Outside. It's like, it's like playing. It's like playing the video game. Like um, playing, <laughs> isn't it? Like playing it the, um, the WWE video games. Like you'll get up to the top with Eddie Guerrero or whatever, and you've got a finisher, and then like, but your opponent will get up. And you'll go, I don't give a fuck. It's a video game, so I'm gonna hit the frog splash, and you end up you like land on their neck or whatever, and it doesn't connect properly, and they fall all weird. But then, like, they're still on. They, you still hit them. It's all good. Tanahashi's taken that to reality. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they. The thing with New Japan is they do everything that the video games do. You know, like when you set up a table outside the ring, you do some crazy like senton and just crash through it. And then you're playing the games like this. This is so unrealistic. And then you tune on to New Japan and there's Kenny Omega being like, "Fuck it, boom." <laughs> do you remember in Here Comes the Pain when um, you could climb up Times Square in the hardcore matches and do an <laughs> yeah. elbow drop off the top? Um, if New Japan do a show in New York, watch out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's that's happening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Tanahashi winning the last one last year. Like I think it was because I was rooting for Abushi so much, and that match was such a like fight, and it went on for ages. And they just damn near destroyed each other. And at this point, Tanahashi is held together with tapes and prayers. Yeah, he's point. got a withered little Kurt Angle arm, isn't he? He's yeah, got, like, because muscular... he's had a torn bicep for how many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, at least it's only a torn bicep. That's not as bad, actually, because the reason that um, Kurt Angle has got little noodles is because of his frub neck that has just completely <laughs> destroyed destroyed his arm. So he's got these little um, super noodle arms. And uh, you, could make, um, you could make Kurt Angle out of... Um, impulse snacks in a news agent. Buy a potato. <laughs> buy some cheese string. Yeah, you could, and you could make a like better functioning Kurt Angle with like stronger <laughs> nerves out of cheese strings, fruits, and super noodles. But uh-huh. um, but I think but, um, I think Tanahashi's on his way. Yeah, but we say that about like Tanner and like oh it'd be great you know the fancy booking of he puts his career online against Okada. He's never putting his career on the line. He's never walking away. No, he'll be he's... carried out in a body bag and yeah. then he'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As Shibata would have been if he wasn't forced to retire early as well, I think. And the fact I that think... they've kept him retired is still baffling to me. 
Yeah, oh god, I bet he's just running around backstage just headbutting anything. Like, <laughs> all the flight <laughs> cases. <laughs> it's because they've um, allowed him to train. And speaking of people who've had great success being on this podcast, Gabriel Kidd, who was one of our first uh, guests, is now yeah. trained by Shibata. Oh, really? He's, he's his manager, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you're welcome. Nice, well done, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, thank us, Gabriel. Jesus, selfish. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah it's like Tanner always puts in an absolutely epic performance in the G1 like you can put on any of his matches that he's had um, across all of his years of competing and you could just click random and have a great time watching it yeah absolutely I, I might do that after this go to I that think... um, go to that spreadsheet control F and then just pick a random match and have yeah. a whale of a time we've opened a floodgate for you haven't we we've brought New Japan back into your life it's reminded me, yeah. I don't know why I forget about it. And like, I've been missing out on Moxley. I mean, I watched the Ishii match, which was amazing, but I haven't been watching all that much. And like, the fact that Ambrose Moxley is there is quite exciting. I don't know why I'm not sort of enjoying that right now. Yeah, he, he's had a stunning, like, he's faced Cobb, Taichi, a prick, Takagi, <laughs> you know. it's oh, The fact that, like, Taichi is becoming... A mainstay main event at the <laughs> moment. Is the one that sings? Yeah. Yeah, I love him so much. <laughs> he's just like that. I've never hated someone with such disdain. He's so good at his job. Like, oh. he's amazing. I remember reading somewhere on Reddit where it was like, my girlfriend's not very into wrestling, and she fell asleep on me. And then she woke up and went, did that prick Tai Chi lose? And then I, the guy went, yes, sweetie, he did. She went, good. <laughs> That's how hated he is. Do you like it? I bet you hated it. I can picture your face. Like, it's making me laugh now just thinking about, like, I can picture your face at that moment in the middle of the match when he pulls his um, tights off and changes to trunks. You know, he does oh. that all the time. I can just picture you watching it. Just go, oh, for fuck's sake. Every <laughs> just time he does. Out. <laughs> but they're like putting him, like, Taichi was always just like the guy they put in the six-man tournaments and I could deal with it and like the six-man tag I meant and just, you know, he would just kind of be there and I could deal with it. But now he's in like the G1 and they're booking him in storylines and I'm just like, why? Do you hate him because he had the same haircut as you for a very long time? <laughs> you prick. <laughs> <sighs> this is the last podcast we did My together. <laughs> that fringe looks much better on me. <laughs> Bitch. I can flick it much nicer. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, we'll get back into it. Uh, two people I did one. Greatest G one, the top five G one, and we turn it into a hate on touch <laughs> of all the of all the talents. Oh, poor poor guy. This is why we don't get like hardcore wrestling fans listening to us because they're just like, what the fuck are these guys on and about? <laughs> it's for the best, really. It's for the best. This is why we get all the casuals listening to us because people use us for like educational purposes. I've said this to you before. People use our podcast to like learn about wrestling. Like I think that's the majority of our audiences like a lot of people who are into wrestling and they kind of listen to us to kind of like get ideas of what to kind of watch and stuff we're giving them like terrible things to like learn about yeah i think yeah we are like yeah there's nothing redeeming i mean okay we should probably be clearer on things so like wrestle kingdom 9 is when okada tanahashi had their first match it's amazing go watch it wrestle kingdom 10 they had their rematch it's amazing go watch it um, what else have we talked about? Um, Tanahashi, G1, that was last year. Look up that tournament. Um, these are the years you need to look. Go fourth pupils. 
yeah Naito 2017 one of my favorite tournaments not just because Naito won but it was just from top to bottom absolutely one of my first best G1s without a doubt um yes. Kenny and him in the final oh love it love it, remember, love it love it I can't remember if it was last year or the year before um Kenny Omega versus Suzuki yes and uh, the way Kenny Omega sold being terrified of Suzuki like Suzuki was this sort of street fighter boss or something was just awesome that was so well done because he is he well yeah <laughs> he's terrifying there's no acting there from Kenny that was just legit no. fear no, um, Suzuki is a passionate collector of socks really yeah if you check his Instagram <laughs> like every other day he's got these new fancy socks on that he takes pictures of he loves it <laughs> What, what a unique man he is. I know, yeah. He really humanises him, doesn't he, in a weird way. <laughs> uh, so those are our personal top five best G1 winners. I'd like to do more stuff around G1 and, like, Japanese tournaments and stuff. Like, I'll book a couple more guests and then we can just talk about what we want. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Let's book... Um, who did the commentary a few years ago for Wrestle Kingdom that was um, terrible? Who broke his neck? Yoshi Tatsu? Yoshi, Yoshi Tatsu. Yeah, let's get him. <laughs> Why, so we just sit there and go, no. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shit but so entertaining because it wasn't it like striker him and jr like, and jr what a yeah. what a combination yeah, it was amazing it's like how do you feel about this yoshi yes <laughs> i like striker oh my god he's like his neck's broken he's dead good yeah <laughs> and that amazing moment when aj styles and nakamura had their amazing match and it finishes with that fist bump and everyone's like, this is brilliant. This is the most emotional moment. This is such a great Wrestle Kingdom moment, blah, blah, blah. And then Yoshitatsu just goes, this is bullshit. <laughs> it's like, what? What are you talking about? That's what you need to check out. That's uh, You get a great match, but you get great commentary as well. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, so two quick honorable mentions from my side. Uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, I think, needs an important uh, mention. He took part, or he has taken part in the G1 Climax tournament 21 times and has won it three times in 2003, 2004, and 2006. And you kind of forget Tenzan as, like, a credible threat really nowadays but he he was the shit is he Tenzan's got the mullet right yes yeah I thought it was him yeah I like him um, him and I, I sort of lump him with um, with Blue Justice and um, uh, Ma- Maccabee as well is it yes. Maccabee or Macabre Mac- I've only I call it Maccabee yeah Maccabee that's um, the problem with these translations like th- this is just how we read them and stuff yeah, exactly. it's difficult listening to Japanese commentary yeah. Um, but, but yeah Maccabee, Tenzan, Maccabee's the man Maccabee's amazing but Tenzan <laughs> Tenzan's a four time IWGP heavyweight champion 12 time tag team champion and an NWA heavyweight champion but now you just see him in these six man tag matches and stuff you go ah he's just you know jobber all this it's like no this is what Japan does they, they have their stars they get old and they transition them lovely as Jesse said and then they just kind of become these guys that help put over the young guys you know realistically they don't still have it and you don't need to pretend that they do Exactly. It's brilliant. And everyone who goes to a live show gets their fill of not only the current great stars, but they still get to see and enjoy um, the stars from their childhood. And they're still wrestling and they're quite they're quite often still winning. They're just winning in these six man matches. So you still get that lovely moment of seeing um, Tenzan or whoever get the one, two, three. It's just it's not going to be in the main event because the dude's yeah. in his 50s, you know? Exactly. And one last mention, I feel like we got to mention Kenny Omega. He was the first and only non-Japanese wrestler to win the G1 Climax. So, uh... Is it weird to have, like, pride about that? Like, 
little bit. White, white pride's bad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, like, but yeah, but, but like the Western, way they kind of Western pride feels bad as well. But yeah, and it's not something I'm not I'm into. But like seeing Kenny Omega do so well, being like looking like us. Got <laughs> you know five I mean? presented. Jesse Benz comes out as white supremacist. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I it's, do. It's... I do. It, it was a cool moment, and it's the way commentary built it up like that. It was, you know, uh, holy shit. And they did the same though, because it was like this is when we had Western commentary on it, and it was like, oh, Kenny's the first like gaijin to kind of win this this is incredible this is such a huge moment for like the expansion of like new japan into like the western world and stuff and that's why it was done and he kind of had to win because it was him versus goto in the final if you lose to goto you a bitch <laughs> yeah exactly goto is life's joke i remember seeing after wrestle kingdom um, <laughs> after wrestle kingdom um all of chaos um, had like champagne because they'd all won their matches and they all cheers and goto sort of raised it up and not one person looked at him or acknowledged him with his glass and he had to like just hold it there and then just timidly take a sip from it it was well embarrassing that sums him up completely. I like that we've gone through all the catchphrases tonight of uh, Kurt Angle and his shrewd neck and Goto is a joke. <laughs> Goto is life's joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, th- those I think are the most important people who have kind of won the G1 Climax from 1991. You people. You bitches. So, that's another episode done. Thank you for listening. Number and 60. Number 60. Thank you. If you've stuck with us from number one to number 60, get help. Yeah, you need help. I know you... a few people that have, and none of them look well. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot going on in the world, guys. You could do some charity work, you know, just give back. There's so much. Crash Team Racing's out. I mean, yeah. Fire Emblem's coming out in a couple of days. That's going to be a good game. Just there's... spend your time doing that. Get a, Adopt a dog or a cat. Adopt a, yeah, adopt a dog. Um, mm. Although, like, I don't know. Like, I know it's it's the right thing to adopt dogs, isn't it? But, like, they're all, they're always fucked up. Yeah, I thought you'd like that and you could relate to it. <laughs> just, oh, you chased your tail, mate. I'll join. Okay, I'll run a circle as well with you. <laughs> oh, you're nice and calm one day and then someone just come, someone you've seen all your life and they come back and you just snap at them for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Oh, it's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> Uh, so yes thank you for tuning in honestly if you have stuck with us no more we love you to pieces and you're our favourite people so thank you for that thank you to the international superstars best of luck in OWE and the tag team tournament we're rooting for you I've actually bought tickets I will be there to support you GT5 style which means quietly in the corner yes it does and um, I'm psyched for um, interview part 2 with them as well we need to make sure that that happens yes they they are very deserving of a second interview though yes definitely because normally when we say that to people we don't mean it we oh, genuinely God, no, we can't mean get it. rid of them quick enough but, <laughs> no, but with these guys it's different so we'll be back in two weeks time have a wonderful fortnight we love you if you're in england please don't die tomorrow when it's like ridiculously hot Ugh. and for the rest of the world do what you want to do just be happy just please. be happy oh yeah go to the website which is oh god thank you that in. Uh, follow us on Twitter for any updates and all that kind of stuff. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, all of that shit, rate it. It means a lot. Until next time, I'm Max Curden. He's Jesse Benz. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Bye.